This is the Secret Life of a Bikini Competitor podcast, a show taking you behind the layers of tan and sparkly bikinis to find out what it's really like to be a bikini competitor. I'm your host, Robin Challens, and every week I sit down with pros and amateurs alike from all across the world, from all different federations and categories, to give you unfiltered access into women's bodybuilding. No topic is ever off limits, so let's get stuck in. Happy New Year, friends, listeners. I know it's nearly the end of January, but this is the first episode back for 2022. So Happy New Year. I hope you all had a wonderful time. I know it's been a bit of a hot minute. Um, didn't really intend to have this much of a break away from the microphone um, when I took that break before Christmas. Um, but if you've been following along on social media, you will have seen that I managed to contract the spicy cough. Uh, so it wasn't exactly the fresh and energetic start to 2022 that it that I was after, but it was the one that I got. So here we are, better late than never. Um, first things first, I hope you all had an epic Christmas and New Year and holidays and you managed to dodge this wonderful new wave of covid Or if you got it, you managed to escape relatively unscathed. So I hope, I think most people that I've spoken to, nearly all of my friends has had it now. And most people I've spoken to have have had it. There are a few who've managed to dodge it, like Neo in the Matrix. But uh, it's few and far between. So most people, um, luckily that I know of, you know, weathered it pretty well. It's been, you know, just like a really bad flu, but you know, I do know a few people who've been really hit really hard with it. So sending a lot of love and thoughts and speedy recovery vibes to everyone right now. Um, but where did I leave you? I can't even remember that far back. I also need to stop leaving it so far in between podcasts because I totally, I just forget how to do this thing. Every time I sit down in front of the microphone and then I sit down, I'm like, how do I talk to people again? Uh, especially when you've been in isolation, uh, I would go like two two days and I was like, I haven't said a word to another human being in two days. I had to start talking to myself so that I literally did not lose my voice. Um, but before the COVID, where did I leave you? Just before Christmas. It was probably about three or four weeks post-comp um, and things were going pretty well, if I can remember that far back, uh, reverse wise. Um, I was, you know, up about three or four kilos from stage weight. I was enjoying a lot more flexibility, subtext, a lot more drinks with friends. Um, and was kind of, yeah, heading into the Christmas break that I had planned with my friends, which was like a week long holiday. Not too far because obviously we are in Australia and getting out or in of the country is a challenge in itself. But we did go down the peninsula uh, in Victoria, which is about an hour's drive, which was delightful. Um, So, yeah, so I was planning to kind of just go with the flow over Christmas. I think I remember like the last Christmas we all went away, I took all my protein powders and supplements and um, I took like oats and snacks and things. I didn't fucking eat any of them. Um, cause I was just like, Oh, you know, I might need these. But this time I was like, no, you haven't had a holiday in two years. If you have been away, you've always taken 
meal prep food because you've been prepping or like in your building phase and like trying to, you know, stay on track. But this time I was like, I don't need the emo- my emotional crutch protein powder. Um, you know, we're staying close to a shop. We're all adults. We know how to feed ourselves. There'll be food in the house. Um, so I was really trying to like get away from that scarcity mentality and just kind of go with the flow and also give my permission, give myself permission to relax a bit um, mentally and kind of with food, which my friends, I did. Oh, I did. Um, and Christmas was amazing. There was like 11, 12 of us. Uh, we got this house, this Airbnb on the peninsula. Um, and we, most of us were, well, yeah, most of us are British or Irish. So we haven't been able to go back to the UK or see any family for the last two years. Um, and then the couple of Aussies among us um, were from are from WA. So in a similar boat because the premier of WA is not letting anyone out or in either. Um, and it was just gorgeous. There was plenty of wine, ate a lot of crisps. I don't know why we always eat a lot of crisps when we're together. Maybe it's a British thing. Drinking in the pool, wineries, beach times. Um, it was a lot of, a lot of fun. But I did have moments where I was like craving a little bit of routine. I did manage to get to the gym a couple of times. I would still get up early on the morning um, and walk down to the beach, which wasn't too far. um, And, you know, get my coffee and go sit on the beach and just kind of have that time to myself. And yeah, just, you know, it's hard, obviously, when you're away in a house of 12 people and everyone's got different agendas. Um, But we're all a bit older now, you know, in our early, some mid 30s. Um, and yeah, we all like to party, so (laughs) sounds so lame. Um, but I think we also all really appreciate like early mornings and stuff like that. And we had a couple of people with us who were either pregnant or had baby or dogs. So kind of getting up early in the morning was, you know, a nice thing to do together and just sort of walk down the beach and staying active. So like steps were not a problem. Um, and I have for everyone listening, I did manage to get my almond croissants, managed to have a couple of those for breakfast. That was great. Um, But yeah, all in all, it was amazing. And it was really good to finally spend that time with that, like really valuable time with my friends. Um, Sadly, the trip was cut short because of COVID. Um, The boys managed to pick it up at the... Boxing Day cricket test in Melbourne, bring it back to the house. And clean sweep took us all out. So we I think a couple of us woke up a couple of the boys woke up on like day after Boxing Day and were Yeah. They were like, oh we've got COVID. So we kinda had to cut the trip short and all go home to isolate. Um because you can't like we couldn't just sort of stay there and finish out. We only had like I think we had like a day and a half left on our Airbnb, but you can't really stay there. You have to go to the place where you're about to isolate for seven days. So we all went and got tested and then we went home um, and isolated. And the girls got the short end of the stick because we had to isolate as close contacts for a week. And then while the boys had it and then we retested on day six and all tested positive. (laughs) So then we had to isolate for another seven days that was great thanks boys um but yeah so that was my new year's eve and onwards i spent it in my flat um and just laid them back on the sofa 
luckily my symptoms I kind of had like the head cold it's like stuffy nose sore throat um it's weird for anyone that's had it like maybe you had something similar but like each day would be a different symptom um like one day I would have like the stuffy head and then I would next day I would have the headaches and then um they would all kind of like build up one by one a few people have said that it's like that but um the head cold wasn't too bad I think the worst was I was just super exhausted and got out of breath really quickly um I think you can still hear it like yeah I'm talking fast now and talking a lot and I feel like I'm panting so my lung capacity is not what it used to be and I also had like really bad body aches like down my lower back and posterior chain um that just sort of felt like a mild rhabdo anyone that's had rhabdo um and yeah just really exhausted and that was probably the most annoying thing because I couldn't really do anything so I was like stuck in my house but then I couldn't really do anything fun around the house like when I say fun I mean decorating because I was just all I had the energy to do was uh, lay on the sofa and eat I don't understand who these people are when they're sick they lose their appetite because mine doubles my coach was like oh your body just clearly needs the food to fuel to fight off the infection I'm like I don't think it's that I think I'm just being bored and need something to do with my hands and my mouth get your head out the gutter eating is obviously what I was referring to um but yeah had the whole had a whole week off work Luckily, we get COVID leave at work, so I didn't have to take any of my original sick leave or annual leave. Uh, but just annoying, isn't it, that the only kind of like annual leave I've had for, proper annual leave I've had for like two years, I spent it inside the flat that I spent the last two years inside of. So luckily I like my flat, but still, you know, a bit annoying. Got a good tan though, so swings and roundabouts. Um... But since then, what's been going on? I have assimilated back into society. So I can't tell you how excited I was just to go to the supermarket after having not left my house for two weeks. Bless my neighbours. So obviously you have to order all your food online and do like, obviously you can't leave your house even when the postman had been to drop stuff off downstairs. And I'd done a lot of Boxing Day sale shopping. Um... And everything seemed to arrive those two weeks that I was in isolation. So my poor neighbours had to bring up all those parcels from the front door and leave them outside. Luckily, I've got great neighbours and we're a great community. Um, I even had one of my neighbours going out to get one of my prescriptions for me. And yeah, everyone was great and rallied around. So very grateful to have a nice community around me. But yes, since I've been very much enjoying kind of leaving the house, going to the gym, that was great. Yeah, getting back into the gym after COVID was an experience. Um, My first session back, I knew I was going to have to take it easy. I just went and I was like, just see what you can do. For some fucking reason, I started with a leg session and... It was like three by 12 squats, so essentially cardio. Um, And I was like, right, just hit whatever you can. And I was like, I've got to like 80% of what I wanted to hit. And I was like, that's fine. You know, take it easy on yourself. But that destroyed me. You know, at the beginning of a workout, you do compound movement on the first exercise and you're like, okay, right, that's done. On to the next one. You don't even think about it. I was like, it was as if I'd done a four hour workout 
and I was just spent. Like I went to go get on the leg press afterwards and my legs were shaking and I was just like dizzy and all over the place. And I was like, Jesus. Um, and I'm mostly, that was say like two weeks ago now, I'm mostly back to kind of like full capacity, but I still get like really puffed really easily. And if I really push myself on my compounds, um, it really takes it out of me now. So, you know, but grateful to have this body and my health again to uh, go back. So I can't complain. I can't complain. And, you know, it's, um, it's like learning and train all over again. Cause you know, you're seeing how much stronger you can get each time. That's what I'm telling myself. Um, but yeah, so I guess really apart from that, I've actually had quite a tough couple of weeks. Um, I think I was all right during isolation cause you've got, you not no fucking choice really, except to deal with COVID and you're like, right, okay, deal with life after, um, again, but <clears throat> I've been really struggling with body image um, and weight gain post-Christmas and post-COVID. Um, these, yeah, I think these last two weeks have been really hard. And it's actually also been like extra hard because it had been going so well, if that makes sense. Like before Christmas, it had been going really well. Yeah, I'd started to put on a little bit of weight, but it was within a range that I had kind of mentally assigned to myself as deeming to be okay um without kind of really realizing it I probably really did just didn't want to address it um and uh you know coming back from Christmas where I really kind of was like I don't want to be mindful of what I'm eating uh in the sense of like you know watching everything counting the calories you know try not to eat like an unsupervised child 24 7 um just you know sometimes um but yeah so definitely was bearing the literal weight of Christmas enjoyment, which is is, is okay to deal with because you're like, I had a great time and it served a purpose. Like, you know, that whole time served a purpose. We shared some amazing meals together. It was great to be able to go out to dinner with some people and get the pizza and, you know, go in and share the garlic bread with people. And yeah, I'll go in on that bottle of wine with you and say yes to things. And that was like a big thing for me. It's like, I want to be someone that says yes for a while instead of being like, oh no, I can't have that. Oh no, I can't have that. No, I can't do that. So that was okay. But then I think, you know, we continued to increase my calories as part of my recovery diet. And I just started getting to a place where I was really uncomfortable. Um, and it was starting to freak me out that my calories were starting to get, keep getting pushed up. Um, and I thought I'd hit a weight that I was comfortable with and gone past it. Um, and I kind of had a bit of a meltdown in my check-in a couple, like last week. Um, it'll be about two weeks ago by the time you're listening to this. Um, and I had to have a bit of a come to Jesus meeting with my coach cause I'd like span out and had a big freak out in my <laughs> check-in. Our poor coaches that have to deal with this. Hey, um, but I had, I just, you know, I, I just, what well, I, I think what we kind of came to agreement on was I developed or I'd kind of like set an expectation of what was a maintainable weight for myself that was unrealistic. So I'd kind of, you know, I think you'd hear me talk about in previous podcasts, I've been like, you know, I'm okay with the weight gain because I've been really happy with my body 
all the way, you know, since I hit down, you know, got down from like 80 plus to 70 and then pretty much from 70 until 60, I was really happy. And I really was like, that wasn't me kind of bit bullshitting or whatever. I really genuinely was, but, um, it's a lot easier to be happy with your body at those kind of stages as it's going in that direction, the dieting direction, but your mind doesn't register it or my mind does, uh, you know, as someone that's had body dysmorphia and struggle with this kind of stuff in the past, your mind doesn't register it in the same way, coming back the other way, coming back, you know, putting on weight. So I'm going, oh, you know, this 64 kilos doesn't look like the 64 kilos on the other side. And that's true. Like it fucking doesn't because they're two very, you, you know, you're in two very different states, like in a deficit, depleted, you know, low salt, you know, you haven't got a high sodium diet, um, hormones have deregulated, everything's deregulated. Whereas you're coming back on the other side and, you know, my food source is a lot more varied. I'm drinking alcohol. I'm, you know, um, my hormones are starting to upregulate again, which I'll get into a bit, I get into in a minute. Um, so, you know, I know this now because I've had this conversation with my coach, but of course these two bodies are going to look different. Uh, and also like the mind games, like, my coach also sent me a picture of me at where I'm at 66 kilos now and a picture of me at 66 kilos on the other side. And he's like, they're pretty much the same. You've just got a bit more fluid retention now um, and bigger boobs. Uh, <laughs> that was my observation, not his, thankfully. Um, so, yeah, I think it's still hard as well. Like um, one of my very wise friends, Claire, shout out Claire, says, you know, your perception of lean will never be the same after a comp, like after you've diet, after or an extreme dieting phase. Like your perception of what's acceptably lean or, you know, this real, this expectation of where you can like realistically sit for maintenance is so warped after you've been super lean. And I think that's one of the things that people, we all as competitors struggle to deal with. Um, and I think as well, like I said, like it was a bit of a shock because I was doing so well before Christmas and, you know, mentally with my habits, like everything was, you know, go, was seeming to, I was like, oh, I fucking nailed this balance shit. Um, and then I'm like coming out the other side of Christmas and being sick and I'm like, I swear my habits are good, you know, like taking all the boxes. It's not that I was like skipping out on like mount steps all the time or like you know binging or like going out all the time like I was really sort of you know getting back getting back to my normal habits and and regular habits um and I was still struggling and I, I think it was just yeah really weird another thing that was kind of like playing on my mind is because my mum's coming out in a couple of weeks I was getting anxious about and this is stuff that I've you know, work on with my therapist is getting anxious about these things that haven't happened yet, especially around food and kind of like these, what end up being self-fulfilling prophecies. And I'm like, oh, I just know that I'm not going to be able to, um, you know, eat mindfully while I'm away. And I just know, like when my mom's coming and I'm like, oh, I just know we're going to be eating out all the time. And I'm just not going to be able to, um, you know, maintain my, eating habits or nutrition or training and stuff like that. And what that ends up doing is just being a self, self-fulfilling prophecy because you're already setting yourself up for failure. You're already thinking, oh, well, it's just going to, oh, it's a write-off anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's like that thing where you're like, oh, I've ruined my diet now. I'm going to eat the entire bag of biscuits. So I know all of this, but it still stresses me out, my friends. And I want to tell you because 
I feel like you're my friends and this is my safe space. And also it's important because we all go through this, right? We all, you know, these are all stresses. Um, I think the difference between now and maybe, you know, my previous comps, like my, definitely my first comp and, and kind of like my mindset before that is like the difference now because of all the mindset work that I've done and continue to do and all the chatting to you guys I do is I know that this feeling will pass eventually. Um, you know, as long as I do the work, as long as I do my mindset, mental health stuff and kind of like find my happy place and talk myself off that ledge and communicate to people and stuff like that. Like I know it'd be okay. Whereas before I've never really seen a way out. Um, I've always kind of, my only way out has been like, I want to diet, I want to diet, I want to diet. But you know, now having done all that work and, and realizing that I need to kind of break away from that and, you know, appreciate all the different facets of my personality, who I am, but also facets of life and things to do. Um, I've lost my train of thought, but what I'm trying to say is I know this feeling will eventually pass. I just have to do the work. Um, but it's still really hard. Um, because I'm still struggling when I look in the mirror to kind of be genuinely happy with my physique because I was, you know, you just want to be a bit leaner, don't you? God damn it. Why are we like this? Hey. Um, so, you know, one thing I'm doing is kind of like trying to work on my continuously work on my relationship with food um, and like remove any toxic dieting habits or even just kind of like prep dieting habits um, because you know they serve you all right in prep um, but once you're out of it like I think it's important to try and eat like a non I don't want to say a normal human being because what is normal but like a non-competitor um, so you know I don't need to have a massive my calories are so high now I don't need to have a massive salad for every single meal, like fill my meals with volume food. Like there's food that'll be satiating enough without filling it with like 5,000 leaves of spinach. Um, but there's other little things like one thing I did last week was I, you know, every meal I've tried to leave something on my plate because I've always been like, I've got to lick the plate clean. I've got to eat everything on the plate. Um, because of that scarcity mentality and kind of like, you know, like every, I'm going to get all oh, my macros perfect and I've weighed it out. So yeah, I'm going to lick the yogurt from this pot. Um, but you know, that's not like, I'm not recognizing hunger cues. I'm not eating till I'm full or, you know, I'm not training myself to kind of listen to my body. So, you know, which, what that means is if I do go to someone's house for dinner, I might eat till I'm fucking stuffed. Um, and then keep going because I'm just like, oh my God, like, you know, that scarcity mentality or like, I'm not going to eat this again, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it's uncomfortable and then the shame spiral. Or, you know, if I've eaten my dinner and I'm still hungry, training myself to be like, just go and get, just go and eat some more or go and have an ice cream or something like that and kind of remove these strict food rules that I've self-imposed on myself that I don't really, that don't serve me right now because I'm not in prep or anything like that. So, um, that's been interesting. It's given me something to work on and focus on. Um, and then the last little update before I go into stats, uh, and bigs wins, et cetera, et cetera, is I briefly touched on it before, but my hormones are starting to upregulate again. 
uh, which is my coach's fancy way for saying, my period's coming back, I can feel it, um, which is really exciting um, because if you've been following along for a while, you know that before I started my prep at the beginning of 2021, whenever that was now, um, I in 2022, I'd focused on recovering my menstrual cycle. So I'd, uh, because I was having, I was experiencing, um, what do you call it? My mind's totally blanked on what you call it. Um, hypothalamic amenorrhea. There we go. See, c- COVID brain. I'm going to blame that on COVID brain, not the amount of wine that I've drank over the last month. Uh, hypothalamic amenorrhea. So loss of period due to overexercising, overdieting, um, or just, you know, this extreme en- um, energy deficit. So uh, I'd lost it. We basically reduce my uh training volume I, think I was training like four times a week and steps were like eight thousand or something like that and pumped up my calories and fats most specifically right up um and we managed to get it back but it also took me up to about 84 kilos um so it was a really challenging time because and I did have a lot plenty of meltdowns because and Paolo did have to, my coach did have to remind me quite a lot of times, like, remember what we're working towards, remember what we're working towards, remember what this purpose is, is serving. Um, and talked me down from that ledge a few times. But I, so that, so what I'm saying is like, I got had to get up to like 84 kilos and that's where my physique, my body felt safe enough to bring back vital functionality like my menstrual cycle because that's the reason why it shuts it down because it goes we need to conserve energy we need to go into survival mode we're going to start shutting off things that we don't need and that's what happens when you're in extreme dieting phase like you can lose your cycle not everyone does but you can lose your cycle that's why you know your hormones deregulate that's why you get um your body start like you start doing everything more slower that's why your daily energy expenditure gets lower and lower because your body's trying to conserve energy so you walk slower talk slower blink slower um because your body's just trying to go look what can we not do to preserve energy so that's why a lot of competitors lose their cycle in layman's terms obviously i'm not a doctor or a coach um but yeah so long story short i had to get to that safe space which was 84 kilos from my body which where my body was like oh we're at homeostasis now and we're safe let's turn our menstrual cycle but you know after about three or four months of dieting it disappeared again and the great news is is the last couple of weeks I've started noticing signs that it's coming back so my boobs have come well back so I think that's where half my weight has gone back to with my boobs which is unheard of for me um which is great loving that um and I've also noticed my mood I had my like standard couple of days of like absolute emotional meltdown which also coincided when I did my check-in poor Paolo um where you know when you like you're upset normally and you're like I'm upset and you know I'll be okay and then when you're upset in your period you're like something is wrong with me like this is different this time and you go I know I know my period's due so it could be that, but no, no, it's different this time. Every month, <laughs> every single month, no, this time is different. No, this time is different. And then you get your period, you're like, no, oh, just the period. Um, I had a couple of those days. Um, I've noticed, you know, a couple of pimples. The main thing I've noticed is uh, cover your ears, boys, if you're listening. Actually, don't. Um, 
is the discharge that you get before, you know, like it, when you're ovulating and different times of your um, cycle. So it's one thing that I would track when I was trying to get my cycle back. And before I got my period last time around, when we got it back, um, I had this like month of like, it was like a ghost period, but I still had all the kind of like ovulation discharge and things like that before. So I'm anticipating that in next month, we'll get it back. And this is really great because it means that my body feels safe at this lower weight, Um, which is great because my body feels safe, but it's also great because I don't have to go through the mental anguish of putting on all that weight, which was a stress in itself, Um, you know, and if my body can kind of like regulate this lower body weight, that's great, Um, personally because I can sit at a lower body weight. So low body fat, not necessarily body weight, body fat. Uh, I think we should make that specificity. So that's my good news. So there is a silver lining to all of that. And I think it's, you know, the fact that I was able to, you know, maybe COVID had something to do with the fact that I had to rest for like two plus weeks and not do any training at all. And my calories are nice and high. I've been eating lots of fats as well recently, lots of really good fats. So nuts and avocado and eggs and stuff like, and stuff um so and salmon yum um I think that that's had something to do with it um so yay very good so just quickly I'll go through the stats and things like that because I want to get into listener Q&A's because we got some bloody good ones today um so stats where am I I'm sitting around 66 kilos so that's six kilos up from stage weight um hopefully settling here for a little bit um and see if my period come back my calories are around at the moment this specific week I've got let me get my spreadsheet out six low days one high day but both around the 1900 mark um just one has slightly more carbs than the other um these were higher. So we did get them up to like 2,100 on a high day. Um, but after my meltdown, we agreed that, or I managed to convince my coach (laughs) to bring them down slightly. Um, you know, I'm all for being uncomfortable when it serves a purpose, like when you're in a bulking phase or whatever, you might get to a point where you feel a little bit uncomfortable with the amount of food that you're eating and body fat you're putting on, you know, it's serving a purpose, you're trying to build muscle and the most efficient way to do that is to be in a surplus, um, you know, a moderate surplus. Um, but I'm not in that phase, I'm still in recovery phase. And I think for me personally, the mental aspect, mental side of things is just as crucial right now. So we agreed to take my calories down just slightly. They're still in that maintenance range. Um, coach expects, he's like, I expect you might see like a little, like half kilo drop or something like that. Um, but I think the trade-off, he doesn't want obviously me to lose any weight because we're trying to, you know, recover my body and, and nurture it back to health after comp. But I think the mental trade-off that that slight reprieve will give me is um, is worth it. Uh, so it's been a few days. I feel, you know, a little bit, I don't want to say tighter, but like I just feel a little bit less uncomfortable. So that's good. 
protects my mind. Um, training, I'm back to training five days a week. So I've got a three lower to upper split. Um, squatting twice a week. I'm hip thrusting twice a week, deadlifting once a week. Um, and then my uppers are like push pull. It's pretty good split. I'm kind of enjoying it. It's good. Um, no cardio, but I am introducing CrossFit and like, I'm introducing like enjoyment and fun back into my training. So, you know, a couple of times a month, I'm going to do some CrossFit with my OG training bestie, Amelia. She, we met cause she was my CrossFit coach and then we became best friends. Um, and have been like really close training partners ever since. So we used to do CrossFit together all the time and compete together and stuff. So looking forward to doing a session with her for the first time in like years. Um, I haven't done CrossFit in like th- properly at a CrossFit gym in like three years or something. Um, so I'm very, very excited. Uh, but we're doing that next week or it'll be this week by the time this comes out. Um, so I'm going to do a little bit more of that. I've been doing yoga once a week as well, which has been really, really lovely. Um, nourishing way to move my body. Um, uh, do that on Wednesday morning. It's what's it called? Like vinyasa flow or whatever it is. Lots of breath work while you're doing the movements and the poses, uh, which I really like. So it's quite, uh, meditative. Um, but yeah, it's really good. And it's helping me kind of like loosen up and just move my body in different ways, which was one of my goals that I wanted to do. Um, and yeah, enjoying all my training and stuff at the minute. So, um, that's kind of an update on everything that's been going on. Crikey. Um, oh, biggest win, biggest lesson, hardest part, what I'm focusing on now. Let's do it. Biggest win, surviving COVID. <laughs> um, no, actually, I think just um, what, oh, what's been my best win? I reckon um, spending time with my friends, my friends, um, like spending that quality time with my pals and being able to be a yes person and do things with them and be like, yeah, I'll come on for dinner tonight and yeah, I'll make dessert and, you know, yeah, I'll try that and just be a yes person. I think that's been my biggest win. Biggest lesson that nothing is bulletproof. So my stronghold or my perceived stronghold around my new positive relationship with my body not as impermeable as I thought it was. And just because something is good doesn't mean that it doesn't require practice and attention and work. So that's my focus. Hardest part is obviously, like I mentioned, uh, not even having COVID. It was just been the weight gain uh, and dealing with that kind of like rock to my relationship with my body. And then what am I focusing on now is nurturing myself and doing the things that make me happy. So moving my body in different ways, doing a bit of CrossFit, having a bit of fun, yoga, um, and just really trying to work on those habits that I have developed and tools I've developed to help protect my little brain and my little body. Um, so that's kind of an update on what the hell has been going on for the last month and a bit. Um, obviously, we're about to dive into the listener Q&As, but I did just want to say, um, before I dig into that, kind of give you an update, because I would save this for the end, but I'm not entirely sure how many people actually stick around to the end. I could be like, here's a secret code for a million dollars. 
and you, all you have to do is send it to me on Instagram and I'll give you a million dollars. And I don't think anyone would. <laughs> maybe you all do, um, but maybe I might test you and hide a secret message at the end of this episode. No, I wouldn't do that to you. Um, but yes, so update, podcast next step. So like I think I mentioned briefly before, my mum is coming out in like just under two weeks time for two whole months. I'm so excited. I haven't seen her in, it'll be over two years. And the last time I saw her, we just lost dad. So we kind of just blurred through and she had a hip replacement as well. So we just blurred through this, that kind of like two months after losing dad. And then I came back to Australia and went into the pandemic. So, um, it's going to be really important and really emotional and really amazing two months. She's living with me though. So pray for me. Um, hashtag pray for Robin. Um, but you'll see plenty of her on my stories and stuff like that. She's so cute. I love her. Um, but so my focus for the next few months is going to be, um, the mothership, mother goose and her imminent arrival. Um, so I'm kind of cutting back on anything extracurricular in my life that might take away the focus. So I know I've just come back. (laughs) mostly just come back to say Secret Life Bikini Competitor is going on a short hiatus um, until at least uh, end of April uh, once she's gone and um, I'm also going to take that time to kind of figure out what I want to do next with the podcast so um, you know the my focus for the last few months and while I was competing was the prep files and keeping me updated but you know I miss talking to people I miss interviewing people and sometimes people have lots more interesting things for me to say than I do every single week um but you know take interviewing people every single week takes a lot of time so I wanted to find um a, like a cool mix of things and you know find a format um and like content style and content that is actually useful and helpful for everyone um and exciting and fun um and you know gets the word out from loads of different cool people um to you know provide some really actionable insightful helpful inspirational stuff for you guys um lots of buzzwords there so slbc as you know it will look slightly different may sound slightly different and what that different is is still remains to be seen so stay tuned so you know for the first half of 2022 it's going to be there's probably not going to be a lot coming out from me um and then we'll look to kick things off in the second half of the year once I've kind of and that'll coincide as well with me getting back into kind of my goals and stuff like that because I haven't set any competing goals I haven't set any training goals or anything like that for the year because my focus really is for the next few months is uh my mum my friends and kind of you know enjoying life a little bit and I want to be really present when she's here. So, you know, training is not going to take a backseat, but it's not going to be my number one priority and neither is perfect macros. You know, I'm setting myself some like, obviously my healthy habits are important to me and it's what makes me feel good. It's what I like doing. I love training. I love eating well, in inverted commas. Um, And I love setting myself goals and things like that. Um, but I also want to be present when my mum's here so and enjoy that time. So, you know, I've set myself like minimum um, non-negotiables, like definitely train four times a week, um, you know, hit my step goal, which won't be hard because mum fucking loves a walk now um, after COVID. <laughs> she's always telling me about these bloody walks she's going on. Um, and she's always walking further than me. So I think I'm just jealous. 
Um, but yeah, so like getting my steps in, making sure I'm drinking my water still and making sure I'm not going bananas every like seven days a week and, you know, having, but you know, still having that good time. So in order to do that, I just kind of want to immerse myself in the time with mum and, um, yeah. So around the middle of the year is when I'll still be working with my coach, but I'll check in less frequently. And then around the middle of the year is probably when we'll, you know, sit down and plot out what I want to do and where I want to take it. And, the timeline and stuff like that. Like, do I want to compete in 2023? Do I want to wait till 2024? You know, that kind of thing. So thank you. I guess I want to say now before we dig into Q and A's for everyone's support and following along. And when I said that I was going to be doing an episode today, I got so many amazing messages being like, yeah, I'm so excited you're back. And I loved it. And I felt really bad because I was like, no, I'm just going to come on this podcast to tell you that I'm not coming back for a while. So I'm sorry. I lied straight to your faces. Um, but yeah, I am excited to come back and I do want to do due diligence and I do want to do good by you all. And I do want to create something that's fun to do and fun to listen to, um, and exciting. So I ain't going anywhere. Just it's see you soon, not see you later. No, see you soon, not goodbye. There we go. <laughs> so on that bombshell, let's get into listener q and I'll kick off with the best one for which my notes are simply, lol, how's your dating life? Doesn't exist, mate. Um, again, thwarted by COVID and isolation. You know, came out of prep after the comp, was getting back into life. I was feeling good, feeling great, feeling flirty, ready to get myself out there. I would say back out there, but in all honesty, I was never out there in the first place. Um, and, you know, I was having fun with my friends. 2022, I was like, right, let's let's go dating. Don't necessarily want a boyfriend as such. I would just like to go on some dates, have some attention, have some fun times with some hot guys, um, whatever those fun times end up being. Um, but yeah, then I got the spicy cough and, you know, and then also it's hard to go out when also the whole of Melbourne has the spicy cough as well. So um, dating life, stay tuned. Maybe I'll have some updates for you in June, but I would not hold your breath. <laughs> um, next question was, do you feel a bit lost and lacking purpose now prep and the show is done? If so, do you have any advice? Uh, I like this question because I don't feel too lost this time around. I know I've had my challenges, which I ran through at the beginning of the podcast, but I wouldn't say I necessarily felt lost. I have in the past though. So after my first comp, I definitely struggled with that feeling of feeling directionless and, you know, you're working towards one one day for so long and then that day comes and goes and you attach. So I think what is really hard and is one of the things that exacerbates that feeling of being lost is you attach so much of our focus and our identity on working towards that one goal. Like personally, a lot of my identity was wrapped up for six months in in that one thing. It's all, you know, people are always asking me about it. It's all I thought about because it was, you know, a big focus of mine. And, and I really attached my identity to this concept of being a bodybuilder in prep. And then you come out the other side and you're like, okay, who the fuck am I? <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? Um, so it's very natural to feel, um, 
lost and lacking purpose once the um, show is done. Uh, in terms of advice, um, you know, I think I'll start with saying the reason why I don't feel so lost and lacking purpose now the show is gone is because I have extended my purpose, not extended my purposes. My purpose is is kind of like a macro purpose in the sense that um, I, my purpose is to feel good and to do things that bring me joy and to be a person that instead of being a bodybuilding prep, I'm being a person that kind of, you know, chases their goals, goes after their goals, is accountable to themselves, is, you know, and whatever, and why I say macro purpose is because I feel like that can be more malleable and encompassing what your priorities are at the time because your priorities change things ebb and flow um, and it's okay for your priorities to change so when you're in prep your priorities the company working towards it then afterwards you need to be okay with your priorities now changing it doesn't mean that you're not still competing a bodybuilder or still training or still x y and z but your priorities have now shifted so what I'm trying to get at here is that you know I've just simply shifted my priorities from um being in prep and working towards the comp and now my you know priorities are achieving a bit more balance in my life nurturing my relationships nurturing my friendships um enjoying things say being a yes person saying yes to things um so that's now my directive my purpose and my goals at the moment i've just kind of you know this i'm still working towards something but the kind of the something has just changed um so i've kind of got a new direction other people you know they like to once they've hit their reverse they like to you know set strength based goals set performance based goals and work towards that while they're in a building phase and be like right i'm just going to get super fucking strong you know now i mean all these calories and um, i'm not doing crushing amounts of cardio you know i want to hit a 100 kilo squat or you know 50 kilo bench whatever it is um, so setting yourself, you know, different priorities and, and knowing that, you know, when you want to come back to it, you can come back to it. Um, you know, I know that I know now that I've removed a lot of my kind of attachment of self to competing that, you know, that is really only kind of one facet of my interests and things I like to do and my personality. So this time around, it's been a lot easier to, Oh, I felt less lost because I felt like I haven't lost a part of myself now that the comp's over, if that makes sense. Um, because I know that it was really only kind of like one facet of my interests or one thing that I wanted to do. Um, and by me moving on to kind of the next thing, I'm not even moving on, but just kind of shuffling those priorities, like I said, um, I'm still like, I still love all these different parts of myself and I'm just prioritizing um, different ones, if that makes sense. Um, and another piece of advice is really, if you're lacking purpose, or you're lacking that, you know, feeling a bit lost is to take each, like take it day by day. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's easy to kind of like when you're in prep, obviously you're just taking it by week by week and, and that kind of thing, but you are still working towards one goal. Um, so you do have that kind of like overarching longer term goal in mind. So that's sometimes a little bit hard when you come out the other side, because you don't have something specific and tangible and visible that you're working towards. Um, so for me, when I was coming out the other side, this time around, I literally focused on day by day and 
being like, right, okay, so I've just got the day in front of me. I just, all I need to do is, you know, still hit my steps. These are my macro targets that I need to roughly hit. I'm going to kick butt in my training session today. We go again tomorrow. Uh, and it was very much like in prep, like every week, my macros would change. My, you know, cardio might change. My training might change if the training block was up. So it was very much a week by week, day by day process. Like you just had to focus on the day in front of you and ace that. And that would get you closer and closer to show day. Uh, and I tried to kind of treat reverse the same way in the sense that, um, you know, that is what gave me purpose. I'm like, right, okay, just ace today. Whatever acing looks like, sometimes acing is re- relaxing a bit or going out with your friends, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it really helped with kind of that direction and purpose while I, you know, navigated life and kind of tried to settle into what, you know, next steps were. Um, so that's definitely taking it day by day is probably my number one piece of advice. Um, next question, thoughts on protein bars during prep? Don't have any strong feelings. Um, it's very much up to the individual. Are they an optimal source of nutrition? Probably not. Um, but are they, you know, a convenient source of protein? Should you need a, you know, something, food of convenience? Yes. Personally, I like to prioritize nutrient, mostly prioritize nutrients dense food, um, especially in a deficit. Um, and like when you're, you know, really hungry in prep, I'd much rather have a massive bowl of veggies and lean protein for the same amount of calories. Most protein bars are minimum 200 calories. Some are, you know, almost 300. That's a full meal in prep. Do you know what I mean? Even out of prep, like that's a big bowl of veggies, even some pumpkin and some chicken, or, you know, you could make, a good stir fry with that, a nice omelette. Um, I'd much rather have that. If I had the capacity, I was in the kitchen or whatever. But, you know, they if you are unprepared, you're away from a kitchen, you're away from somewhere where you can get like a decent trackable meal, they are a great convenient source of protein. Um, and if you're tracking macros, then, you know, if you still hit your macros, then that's okay. Um, they're not optimal, not ideal. Um, you need to be careful of ingredients. Um, there's some protein bars out there, I will not name names, but they make specific custard protein bars, which have like 5,000 ingredients that I bet 4,999 of them you cannot pronounce. Like, that's a lot of sugar alcohols. And I know I've spoken to a lot of people that they've upset stomachs of. It seems to be more often than not that they upset people's stomachs. Um, so you do want to be, you don't want to be fucking eating all of them all of the time. Again, you want to be prioritizing your nutrients as well as your, your micronutrients as well as your macronutrients. Um, and also they might not be ideal for body composition towards the end of a prep when, um, things like sugar alcohols and sodium really do affect the look of your physique. Um, but in those early stages of prep, if you're flexible dieting and that's what you need to eat in that scenario, then go for it, my friend. Next question. Do you think you'll compete again? And if so, which federation? Great question. Thank you. Yes, I will compete again. I'm not finished. I... I'm still not very good. I need to get better. <laughs> and that's the beauty of this sport, isn't it? Like, you know, there's always something to improve on. Even if you are the fucking best in the world, there's always something to work on. There's always something to learn. Um, there's always a new challenge. So, 
That's why I love this sport. That's why I love training. Um, but I do, I do want to take some time off. Um, I, you know, I really need to, especially now realize I need to do a lot more work on my relationship with food and my relationship with my body. Um, and you can't rush that shit. That takes time and it takes a lot of time out of a deficit and out of a dieting phase to work on it. Um, to make necessary improvements in my physique, bring up some muscle areas. That also takes time. And like I was mentioning about priorities, shifting my priorities have changed. So, um, you know, I want to do a bit of traveling this year, want to say yes to a lot more things. Um, and so it's quite hard to do that when you're in prep. So potentially I won't even prep or anything this year, I don't think. Um, we'll see what kind of, you know, how I'm feeling middle of the year once kind of things have settled down social-wise here. Um, but potentially next year, um, potentially the year after. Federation, uh, I also haven't really decided. Um, I'm still swinging around. You know, I'd love to do them all, really. Um, so also stay tuned for that one. I guess I just kind of have to see how my physique develops over time um, and really just kind of go from there, see where the wind takes me. Um, you know, every federation needs a very different look, so it definitely does depend on where what is reasonable and what is achievable, realistically achievable, um, for my physique at that time. So stay tuned. Um, next question. How do you balance a prep with your work? Uh, I'm very fortunate. I work a night five ish. Well, I call it a night five cause it's a desk job. I work in marketing, but we don't have a very night five structure. We're very flexible, especially since the pandemic. Um, we are flexible first. So I work from home most of the time. Um, and when we can, when, there isn't a bloody Omicron surge. We, I can go into the office sometimes. So I'm very lucky that I can be very flexible to adapt my work to my training and vice versa. So during prep, it was very much, I adapted work to fit around my training. Now it's very much, I adapt training to fit around my work. Um, but when I'm trying to find like that good balance, I try and, um, I try and find times where I operate best for both uh so what I mean by that is like at work I'm most kind of creative and focused quite early in the morning from like seven till eleven I can smash things out from midday till three four o'clock I'm no good for love nor money uh, and then I come alive again later in the day so I'm playing around with different training times and stuff like that that allow me to do that um but during prep specifically um what I would do is I made work work around my prep um again very lucky to have you know team and managers that were very supportive of that but it meant that I would get up early and I would get all my cardio done in the morning and then I would work from like nine till five and then I would train in the evening um that just was kind of like the best way um but sometimes you know we got late evening meetings and stuff like that so I would do my training in the morning because ain't nobody wanting to train at 7 p.m when that's dinner time and you're really tired. That's just the way I make it work. Um, but yeah, I think like if I was going to the office, you just have to be super prepared and make sure that you've got everything with you. And really balancing it with a job is all about getting as much done outside of that time. So I also like always like highly recommend get as much done before you work as well, because 
especially when you're in a deficit, that's when you have the most energy when you wake up mostly. By the end of the day, you're a little bit depleted. But also it means that you're not stressing and thinking about it for the rest of the day. This is obviously very pertaining to people that work nine to five-ish jobs, not shift workers and stuff like that. I don't know how y'all manage it. You're superheroes. You really are. Um, uh, And especially obviously adding a layer of complexity to this. If you have kids as well, you're definitely superheroes because I'm very much speaking out of privilege of a work, a very flexible job, have no dependents, not even a, a pet. I've got a few house plants that are surviving, not thriving. Um, definitely thriving now. I've finished prep actually. So <laughs> I really don't know how you all do it. Um, but yeah, I really, my recommendation is kind of, if you can, get as much done before as possible to make it kind of so that you're not stressing about it at the end of the day. Um, But that's how I balance it with work. And ultimately towards the end of prep, work does suffer. Like my energy availability to contribute wholeheartedly means is diminished. Um, Towards the end, I was literally just getting through doing the bare minimum that I could, like nothing creative was coming at me, no new ideas now I've got loads of energy and I'm really excited and I'm like, yes, I'll take on that. Yes, I'll take on that extra project. Yes, I'll do all of these things. Um, And that's really fun. Uh, So yeah, next question is a great question. Thank you to the person that answered it, asked it because it got me really thinking and I don't really think I formalized an idea of what I would do differently, but I'll try. Uh, So if you started your entire fitness journey again from the start, what would you do differently? Great question. I genuinely, I think there's a few things I would do to protect my mental health, but I have learned a lot, learned a lot through a lot of mistakes. Best way to learn, make loads of mistakes. Um, So there's, I don't want to say that I would do loads of stuff too differently. I think my main thing is I would love to get into fitness and exercise because I loved myself and I wanted, and I just wanted to, you know, amplify feeling good about myself instead of exercising because I was trying to punish myself or get away from a physique or a mind that I hated um because that's a really horrible place to be in and I love training now and I love eating well inverted commas again because what is well um and I do it because I want to love like my body and I want to nurture it and nourish it. And it does a lot for me and it's got me through a lot of shit. So um, I think the main thing I would change is the intent behind why I'm wanting to exercise. Um, but I think the main thing is just be a bit more knowledge hungry. I was definitely, when I was doing CrossFit, I think that was one of the great things is re- regardless of whether you're knowledge hungry or not, you've forced to learn shit every single day because great thing about CrossFit is it's like you know it's constantly teaching you how to do the movements at the beginning of the sessions you're always doing technique you're always learning and stuff like that and um one thing I always admire about myself is my like dogged pursuit of wanting to learn more about something and get you know get better at it and like constantly improve on technique and I think it comes from a place of like I'm a bit of a show-off and I want to be the <laughs> want the praise um but you know that's a benefit because it you know got me good technique and I learned a lot about training and stuff like that I think I would just like to I think research planning a little bit more like when I got into bodybuilding and stuff like that I was just like fuck it yeah I'll just sign up with this this coach and I'll just get stuck into it and 
now one of the reasons behind my podcast that I do is because I didn't do any research. I went into it totally blindly and I made all of the mistakes that I recommend people don't do. I did them all, my friends. I've done everything. I've made all the mistakes. Um, so I think one thing, yeah, would probably be research, slow it down a little bit, kind of assess the situation a little bit more uh, and just actually take that time to think. Trying to think what else I would do differently. Um, I think that's the main one is kind of, you know, making sure I'm doing it for the right reasons. Um, probably go and see a therapist first rather than diving straight into the gym. <laughs> that would probably be in a better way around to do it. But, you know, you live and you learn. And I wouldn't be the human being that I was today had I not had all those experiences. So I might have to come back to that question. That's a really good one. It's got me thinking. I smell an Instagram story coming on. Anyway, uh, next. And I think this is the final question. Um, oh, I had, no, so it's not, um, I had a question. How do you stop comparing your physique to others? I have touched on it. I wanted to mention this one because I have touched on it in other podcasts. Um, and I've gone into it in quite a lot of detail because I've been asked it before on a different prep files. So I don't want to sound like I'm fobbing you off. Um, but f you know, I've gone into it in quite a lot of detail. So, um, there'll be some good stuff in there, but my main thing, the main tip is really two tips is understand, and it's this is the main thing that I struggle with the most, is everyone is on very different journeys and at very different stages in their journeys. Um, you know, someone's chapter, you can't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 10, that old saying, that old chestnut. Um, but it's really true. And one thing I have, I've had to come to terms with a lot in my fitness journey is I'm just not one of those people that can naturally stay shredded all year round. I've never, ever been that person. You know, I've always had bigger legs. You know, there's always different things. Like everyone's different. And whereas in the past I've been like, oh, I hate my bigger legs or whatever. Now I'm kind of moving into a place of like, my quads are sick and they're really strong and kind of, you know, that's a good thing. And that's something that's different about me. Whereas, you know, chick down the road is always going to have shredded abs or the other chick over there, she's always going to have massive shoulders. Like everyone's got their thing and everyone's different and unique. And, um, you know, you could have two competitors who look absolutely identical, exactly the same, put them on the same diet and training regime and they'll react completely differently. Like everyone is a unique snowflake. Um, and there's no point, no point at all comparing ourselves to other people because we all, but also different. Um, and that the main thing for bodybuilding is you have to stay in your own lane. You have to not look at what other people are doing because it will just fuck you up. Um, because it's so easy to get into that, um, mindset of like, I'm doing all this. Why do I perceive them to look better than me? You know, if, you know, what are they doing that I'm not that blah, blah, blah. And why am I not losing weight or gaining muscle as fast as that person? And it's a really easy and slippery trap to get stuck into um like my main one for me is I'm always just like god I wish I was one of these girls that eats like 4,000 calories and when they're bulking and stays lean as fuck and just gets jacked I will not be one of those people um you don't know a lot about people's situations as well and histories and their different methods and things so it really is like 
there is no point comparing ourselves to an image of someone that we see on social media. On that subject, one thing that I do to help, especially in prep, is I mute people on social media. Don't unfollow them because I'm not, I still like to see their content eventually. Um, But if I notice that someone's bringing something up for me or triggering something inside of me that's making me feel bad about myself, straight to jail straight to Instagram mute jail. Um, I will mute their stories. I'll mute their Instagram posts because I I can't see them. It's not good for me. So I remove the trigger, um, which is not always a healthy coping mechanism. But I think, you know, if someone's making you not feel good about yourself through no fault of their own as well, just by existing, just stop following them. You don't have to, you can follow them again. Like, you're not, they probably won't even notice. Do you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) um, I find that a really good way for me to put blinkers on. Like when I was going into my last comp, I muted so many people. I even muted like WBFF stories, ICN stories, IFBB. because I was like, I can't actually watch other people compete because, you know, so I was finding myself comparing myself to people in different categories. Everyone's on a different journey. You know, they might have been training for ages or they just might be a freak of nature. I've been training for six months and they look like an Olympian. I hate you. I'm just jealous. Um, so I really, that was a really, really helpful tool for me. Um, but understand also that it's totally normal to do it. We all do it. We're always like, oh, I wish I could look a little bit more like that person or do a little bit more like that. And it's just kind of, you know, it's a natural human thing to do is compare ourselves to others. But one of the best things I did was mute the living daylights out of everyone on social media. <laughs> all right. Last but not least, last question. Um, what do competitors do when they get pregnant in terms of workouts, nutrition, etc.? Um, so this will be a short answer because remember, I'm not a doctor nor a coach, uh, not any kind of health and fitness professional at all. So my scope of what I can talk about is very limited to my own experiences and knowledge, which I do not have a lot of. Um, but if you are a competitor, I can say this, if you are a competitor whether you're in prep or out of prep or whatever, and you find out you're pregnant, you are not in prep anymore. You've stopped dieting. Um, it, it, there is, like, it's dangerous to diet when you are pregnant. And that's not your focus anymore. You are a growing human being. So stopping competing is number one. Stopping dieting all is number one. Um, you're growing another human. So you need the nutrients. You need the vitamins and minerals to, for your baby to develop healthily. You need the food to do this. Um, so you were just definitely you be should be working with a doctor um and your coach so you speak to your doctor about what is physically feasible for you to if you want to keep exercising um your ex the way you exercise will have to change um with the way that your body's changing the baby's developing and all that kind of good stuff um and so you would need to speak to your doctor um i in fact have said way too much already my advice is if you're getting pregnant and you're competing, speak to your doctor, speak to your coach for exercise advice and guidance. Um, but know that the stage will be there once you've had the baby. Um, so that, you know, your focus now, your priorities have shifted, as I've been uh, witter on about all the time, to growing this human inside of your belly. Um, and competing can wait until you've had the baby, it can be your comeback story. I love seeing competitors who are just like, right, I've had a baby and now I'm going to get back on stage or get on stage. Um, and you're all super, super inspiring. So yeah, I can't provide any more info 
info than that because I've reached the limit of my scope of knowledge. But if you are pregnant, I suggest you consult with your doctor, then work with your coach um, and definitely stop trying to be in a deficit because your baby needs all the beautiful calories to grow. Um, so there you have it, my friends. The first episode of 2022 and the last for a few months. Um, but again, thank you so much for everyone that's listened and supported. You're all amazing. Uh, I, when it comes time to kind of, you know, relaunch this baby, um, I will be reaching out to, you know, see what you guys love and see what you guys want more or less of or any ideas and stuff like that. And we can craft it together. So if you do have any thoughts, feelings, emotions, please slip into my DMs. Um, I hope you're all smashing your 2022 goals. Or if you haven't set any like me, you're smashing just bumbling through life. Sometimes that's just fun as well. Um, and if you do have COVID or if you've got COVID or anticipate getting COVID soon, I hope you're very safe. Um, but until next time, stay safe, stay sexy, and I will see you soon. Oh, if you've got this far as well, maybe this is, this is the secret message. I'm going to be running a 20% off flash sale on all Secret Life Beginning Competitor t-shirts for the next two weeks until my mum gets here. The code is SLBC is cool. So if you enter that at checkout, you will get 20% off your t-shirts. So I think that takes them down to less than $30, $30. I should have added that up before I came on here. Um, but yeah, there's a handful of smalls, some mediums, a couple of extra smalls left. So get your mitts on them before they run out uh, and you can look cool as fuck this year. But yeah, stay safe, stay sexy. I'll catch you very soon. All right, guys, thank you so, so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening to today's show, don't forget to share it with a friend you think might love it too, or on your stories and tag both my guests and I in it so we can see and reshare. You can find the show on Instagram at Secret Life of a Bikini Competitor or my personal page, which is at Robin Zimmy. All these details will be found in the show notes too. I release a new episode every single Wednesday, so make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And until next week, stay safe, stay legendary, and I will see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.